0: Matthew chapter 1. Let's see if we can find Matthew chapter 1. See if you can find that without any uh, trouble today. If you know your Bible is the first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. Glory to God. Let's see if you can find verse 1. So this is the very first book, the first chapter, and the first verse of the New Testament or what we could really say the bridge to the new covenant. Jesus Christ came and he preached, he ministered during Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And under Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they were still under the old covenant. The new covenant didn't start until after Jesus Christ rose, went to the cross and rose from the grave. That's when the new covenant started, but Jesus Christ was the bridge. So even though he was under the old covenant, he was teaching new covenant realities new creation realities, glory to God. And so he's our bridge and we're thankful this morning for our bridge. Uh, I love Christmas time, not just, not because of all the gifts, but because it's a concentrated time of us talking about Jesus.
1: When I say us, we
0: all talking about him, I mean the world has has to talk about Jesus too, amen. They gotta mention him, amen. They gotta at least mention him. Christmas. It's Christ's mass is what it is, <laughs> amen. Praise God, glory to God. All right, did you find Matthew 1.1? Yes, sir. Okay, good, let's all, hey TJ. I also want to acknowledge, I, I don't remember your name, please forgive me, uh, but Shalonda's mom, glad to have you here. Uh, Panama City is where you live? And they were hit hard by that last hurricane that went up there. And we're so glad that not only did they survive, but they're doing well. And so we appreciate having you here. Amen. Glory to God. And all of our guests, we appreciate you. All right, Matthew 1, verse 1. You you found it now? Okay, now we can start recording. All right, Matthew 1, verse 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's all I needed right there. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I want to talk today on the subject, Jesus Christ, the son of David. Jesus Christ, the son of David. Amen? You may take your seats. We've prayed already. Jesus Christ, the son of... That doesn't sound too exciting. Nobody was like, ooh-wee. Normally the people, preachers try to give these subjects, these titles... And they want to get people excited about the title. No word. The title's meant to be catchy enough to hold you. But I, I want to get revelation into you this morning. So we're going to talk simply on the subject, just the way it says: Jesus Christ, the Son of David. Can you say Amen? amen. It's interesting. Everyone wants to know uh, where they come from. There's not a person on this planet. Uh, in any modern culture, who doesn't have a desire to know their roots, to know where they've, they've originated from. People, uh, if they've been adopted, as hard as it may be, they want to know where they're from. Particularly once they found out that they're adopted and that the people that they've known as mom and dad or sister and brother are not their natural parents, they want to know, well, I want to find out, well, where did I come from? Right, right. Who, are, who are my people? <laughs> in fact, I, I just throw this in for free. Before you marry somebody, you ought to ask that. Who are your people? <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. Come on, you better tell somebody. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Amen. Just because they're cute and have good hair doesn't mean you want to find out about their people, because sometimes finding out about their people might give you an indication. Yeah. <laughs> finding out who their people are might help you understand some things going on right now. Isn't that right? During this, 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 this in, here in America, we're, we're, uh, we have major companies like uh, Ancestry, website Ancestry.com, or 23andMe, these sites, these companies that are out there, that uh, their, their whole purpose is to, is to help people discover their roots, to find out where they are from. And they, uh, uh, if, if, you were, if you order one of their uh, DNA kits, their sample kits, whatever, you place your saliva or something in this little tube and send it back to them, and they will take your DNA and they'll trace uh, where you're from. They'll, they'll break down your heritage, your, you know, to tell you you're, you know, some of y'all uh, part Indian. I love it when all our folks say we're Indian. Praise the Lord. I always say, yes, West Indian. Yes, you're right. I see that. But no, we're, I, I'm, I'm part Indian, a very small part Indian. Um, my mother's grandmother was full Cherokee. My mother's grandmother, so my great-great-grandmother was full Cherokee, so I'm at least a small part. I don't get a discount or anything like that. It just... <laughs> But they'll tell you, you know, they'll try to trace your roots to tell you you're part Irish and this percentage and this percentage of this and this percentage of that. And people want to know that because uh, it, when, when you find out you're, 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 where you're from, you, you begin to understand more about who you are. Right. Yes, Is that right? Yes, they're, they're, they said, I, I did a little research and just looking at these companies because my wife wants to do it and I think I want to do it too, we'll find out a little bit about ourselves. So we're, we're going to do that, uh, and I found out. Just, just, just throwing this in, uh, ladies, it's a little harder for you because, uh, ladies, if you understand, remember biology. Going in high school, you only take uh, X chromosomes, right? You remember that? M- boys get XY, and so it's Im- it's impossible to accurately trace women because you only get one or you know X chromosome. So your XX men are. X, Y. I'm just testing y'all. So, uh, really, if you want to really know, you want to get your brother, you know, or some, some close male relative to do that. And then you can sort of uh, understand a little bit about yourself based on them. Okay. Got it? Either way, you can trace where you're from or trace something about yourself. And when you do that, you can, you can begin to, to understand more about uh, who you are. Those again, I mentioned who've been adopted, those who've been abandoned or those like us, when I say us, I'm talking about us, who because of slavery and even post-slavery times lost records, had no no clue of, of our heritage or where we're from. All most of us know is we're from Africa. And we, most of us know we are, for the most part, Sub-Saharan Africa. Right? West Africa. Right. But we don't know what nation, what, we definitely don't know what tribe. Right. Right. And there's a movement afoot, even within our, our people, that says we're all kings. We all came from kings. And that's not true. That's not true. I've been to Africa. In every tribe there's only one king. <laughs> Just hate, hate to spoil you. Uh, there's, all, there's always only one king. There's, you can't have all chiefs and no Indians. There's, you can't have all kings. So not everybody is from a king. Not in the natural. But I intend to prove to you today that you and I are in a spiritual royal bloodline. Jesus Christ, the son of David. Insight into your history gives, will help give a sense of identity. Insight into your history will help give you a sense of identity to know who you are. But secondarily, insight into your past can provide some foresight into your future. In other words, you, you might learn about certain uh, predispositions you have. You might learn... Uh, about certain certain proclivities, certain propensities. Those are big uh, words. Just talking about certain tendencies. Y'all follow me? In other words, uh, in fact, this one one of those companies I'm, I mentioned. I'm not going to advertise a company. So just one of the companies I mentioned. Uh, they 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 not only offer a a uh, a DNA DNA results that tell you your past. But they also will, will, based on that, those DNA results, give you a health outlook where they will tell you, based on your particular DNA, where you come from, the people that you are, may, that comprise who you are, uh, certain health uh, issues or conditions that you have a certain predisposition to. You understand? Okay, you all understand. In other words, people say, you know, if you're African American, you got a certain predisposition to high blood pressure or or diabetes. And and, and there may be some some truth to that, but it's more so based on we don't eat right. (laughs) I'm going to come over here. It's based more so on we don't eat right and secondly, we don't talk right. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? And so, but there are some things. So they, they said they'll tell you whether, whether um, the, your, your lineage uh, has a certain uh, predisposition, predisposition to being lactose intolerant, whether, whether you have a certain predisposition to uh, being an alcoholic. It's funny, you look it up on these websites. Now, I, I said I don't want to do that because I'm not going to let them tell me what I should have. I'm going to let the word of God tell me what I should have. And the word of God tells me that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. I should have life and have it more abundantly. But I'm just telling you that when, when when they give you these things, they're trying to give you a glimpse into your future. Based on tracing your past. Are you catching this, ladies and gentlemen? So... The more you know about where you come from, the, know, the more you know about your bloodline, it'll give you a better clue as to what to expect in your future. So, are you catching this? So the Bible goes through here and begins to tell us some things here. Because I want you to really, uh, this year, because I, I, I've already got a clue of where I'm going to go into the beginning of this coming year. And it's going to require us to know our identity. It's going to require us to to understand who we are so we'll get a better clue of where we're going. Because we're going somewhere. Tell your neighbor we're going somewhere. 2019 is going to be a year of abundant manifestation. It's going to be a year of abundant manifestation. Not only for us, but, but for God. It's a year of God's manifestation, but we're going to be involved in it, and we're going to get to enjoy that. Amen? Amen. So I want you to note something here. Y'all in Matthew, right? Go over two books to the book of Luke. The book of Luke and chapter 3. Because Luke is one of the writers. Luke didn't walk with Jesus. He was not a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he was a writer. He was a Gentile, and he was a, a doctor, a physician, so he did research. Uh, he wrote the book of Luke, the book of Acts as well. Is that right? And so he did some research about Jesus Christ's life. And in chapter three, he tracks Jesus Christ's lineage. Right? Verse uh, 23, Luke Luke 3, 23. You got it? It says, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. I hope I'm pronouncing that right for you Hebrew people in here the son of Joseph, the son of Haley. Then it goes, the, keep on going down, the son of Mathath, the son of Levi, and so forth. But I want you to take just note here in your Bible that the words the son are italicized, which means that they were added for clarity. So we could really say of Joseph, of Haley, of Mathath, of Levi, okay? Now, that'll make more sense to you here in, in a few moments. So then he goes through this, and I'm not going to name all these, all these uh, ofs and names because most of you can't pronounce all these, but it will take, take too long to go through these. But I want you to see something, that, that when Luke tracks Jesus Christ's lineage, he goes all the way back. Look in verse 38, please, the last verse of this chapter. He says, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, The son of Adam, the son of God. Oh, that's good. He tracks him as was supposed the son of Joseph. All the way back through Abraham in verse 34. All the way back to Noah in verse 36. All the way down in verse 38 to Enosh, the son of Seth. Now, y'all remember Seth. Seth was the third son of Adam. Remember the first two sons, uh, Cain and Abel. What happened? Cain murdered Abel, right? Then Cain became an uh, uh, an escapee. He he was, uh, what was that movie that came out one time? The the Fugitive. He became a fugitive. That's good. He became a fugitive. And so uh, they started over with Seth, second son. That's what Seth's name literally means, second son. Now watch. He says, the son of Adam, the son of God. Now I want you to note the Holy Ghost is writing this. We understand this, right? We know that Luke's doing the research, but he's telling Luke how to write this. All scripture is inspired by God. Got it? And so I want you to (laughs) note that just like in verse 23, the son of Joseph, the son of Haley. Verse 24, the son of Matthat, the son of Levi. Keep going all the way down through verse 38, the son of Enoch, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Notice that the tone and the literary style does not change. This may not make a big deal to you, but I want you to notice that he says the son of Joseph or the son of Haley in the same way he says the son of Adam, the son of God this will click to you by, by next Wednesday that, that, that he traced Jesus all the way to God and that he tracked Adam he linked Adam to God just like Seth was linked to Adam you got to catch this in other words there was no difference in Seth and Adam's relationship as there was in Adam and God's relationship Adam was just as much a son of God as Seth was a son of Adam in the same way. Y'all got to catch this. Because, because many of us don't, don't fully understand uh, that we are now, uh, 1 John 3 and verse 1, I believe it is was 4, 1, 1, 1, 1, of those, one of those I think it is, that says, beloved, now we are the sons of God. So we are, we are sons of God. We think, well, we, we're, God had a, had a begotten son, Jesus. He had a created son, Adam, and then he had an adopted son, us. Right? But what you got to understand is whether you were created, begotten, or adopted, the sonship is exactly the same. Oh, some of y'all are getting this. Whether you're created, begotten. Or adopted, it's the exact same sonship, which puts us all on the exact same level, which is why the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that you and I can not only be heirs of God, but we can be joint heirs with Christ. Because we are not not lesser sons than Adam, and we're not lesser sons than Jesus. Oh, boy. This, this might be a Wednesday night topic right there. We're not lesser sons. We're no less related to God than Jesus himself. That's why your Bible says it says that Jesus Christ became the firstborn among many stepbrothers, among many half brothers, among many brothers. The Bible didn't call us stepbrothers, didn't call us half brothers, it called us brothers with Jesus. Jesus Christ is our brother, just like my, I have three brothers. We're brothers exactly the same. And if Jesus Christ, or if Adam was the son of God, then Jesus Christ is also the son of God. That's the lineage. Now, okay, now I see see where you're struggling, because Adam, the first son, fell. He sinned. He lost his image and likeness. He lost his direct fellowship with God, but he never lost his relationship. How do we know? Because when the Holy Ghost tracks it back here in Luke, it still calls him. (laughs) Oh, God. So what we needed was the last Adam to come along and restore the fellowship of sons. Y'all got this here. All right. So Jesus Christ is the son of God. The book of John, John writes this way, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, right? Then we get down to verse 14. We know this so well. And the Word, y'all know it, right? Y'all wait on to put on the screen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. When did he become flesh? When he came to Mary's womb. All right. yes, sir. Now it said in verse 1 that he was God. Right. Come on. So this word that became flesh was God. Right. So when Jesus Christ was born, he was born God. All right, yes, sir. all right. All right. Now, why am I saying this to you? You may be able to pass this Christmas. Because I'm trying to get you to understand who he is. Where he came from. So you understand his identity. Then you understand his future. And then if you're, I'll throw this in here right now so, you're already, already, so, so you can go with me. If you understand when you are born again, you are born again in Christ... So if you and I are now in Christ Jesus, then we now take on his lineage, his history, but we also take on his future. So I am a son of God. The problem is most of us, uh, most every human, but still most Christians still identify with their Adam's side with their Adamic nature as opposed to their divine nature being sons of God. And so because of that, we still live as though we are susceptible. We still live as though we are still still eligible to, to receive all of the things that came through Adam's sin. So we live as if the curse still has power over us. And it doesn't, because the last Adam came and broke all that down away. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. All right. Let me keep going here. Let me keep going. Glory to God. Now, so you see that in 38, he ties him to, to, to God, right? The son of God. Now, but let's go back to Matthew. Matthew is not a Gentile. Matthew is Jewish. He's a Jewish. He's actually a disciple. He actually walked with Christ. We know him uh, in other places as Levi, L-E-V-I, Levi, right? So when Matthew traces Jesus Christ's roots, he traces his Jewish roots because he's Jewish. And all he's concerned about is his Jewish roots. So he only goes as far back as Abraham because Abraham is the progenitor Of the Jewish nation. So that's as far as he goes back. Glory to God. So when you hear preachers preach around Easter time. He came down to 42 generations. Well the 42 generations are only going back as far as Abraham. Abraham. Now, he came through many more generations, but what Matthew is concerned about is his Jewish inheritance, his Jewish heritage. Are y'all hearing me? This this will make sense to you by by Thursday. Watch. So he walks through. In fact, can can I just show you this here? Can I? Matthew 1, verse 17. Verse 17 says, so all the generations from Abraham to David are what? 14 generations from David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations and from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are generations now if you can do your math 14 plus 14 plus 14 or 14 times 3 okay, that's 42. it's still 42 that's where they're getting this from here right but notice he only he goes back only to Abraham are you with me so Look back at verse 1. Because he tracks from verse 2 through verse 16 how we get from Abraham to Christ. But in verse 1, he gives a heading. He gives an introduction. He makes what, what would be uh, for us his thesis statement. He makes for us what will be his chief approach here. He says in verse 1, the book of the genealogy of jesus christ and then he pulls out of 42 generations two characters to summarize 42 generations he pulls out two key guys to identify christ with he didn't call him Jesus Christ, the son of Solomon. He didn't call him Jesus Christ, the son of Jeconiah. He didn't call him Jesus Christ, the son of Pharez. He didn't call him Jesus Christ, the son of Obed. He said, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So he pulls two guys out of this whole crowd. Oh, my goodness. Notice it says here, the book of the genealogy. That word genealogy, I think in the King James they used the word generation. Is that right? That word genealogy or generation is the Strong's uh, G1078, the Greek word genesis. That's how I pronounce it. I know you think genesis, but it's pronounced in the Greek, genesis. Hmm. Which means source. It's the origin. So he's giving us the origin of Jesus. No no, no, it's interesting because we, we read in, we just read in Luke, how Luke traced them all the way back to God. But for heritage's sake, for lineage' sake, for ancestry and progeny sake. Too big a word. For ancestors and descendants. So you know from whence you've come and you know where you're going. You know what you've experienced and you know what to expect. Ah. It's a book of one's lineage in which his ancestors or descendants, I, I use the word ancestry and progeny, are enumerated, counted, articulated. It's used of birth, nativity, of that which follows origin, existence, a or life. Now, can we talk about it here? So, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, you read some translations, it'll say Jesus Christ, the son of David, who was the son of Abraham. And they'll, they'll make it as if uh, Jesus Christ, make it as if David is the son of Abraham. Well, that's true in, if you follow lineage, but he, he pulls... He pulls this out. Okay. Remember we read in Luke 3, and we started verse 38 all the way down to the end, and I, we looked through and it said the son of Heli, the son of Matthat, the son of so on and so forth. Remember that? And I showed you how those words, the son, were italicized, which means they were added in. Now, when you look here in Matthew, they're not italicized. And, and the only place it uses the phrase, the son of, is in verse 1. All the rest, it says Abraham begot. Isaac begot. Jacob begot. So, so I, I, this is helping anybody here. I, I know this is boring, you know, literary stuff that y'all are, you know, who needs that? But I'm trying to show you something here. That Matthew, by the Holy Ghost's inspiration, is not just giving us a lineage. He's giving us a, a, a picture of something here. This is bigger than, 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 than just words. He gives Jesus a title. He's not just telling you uh, what family he's a part of. He makes these part of his title. Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So he's Jesus Christ, the son of David. Okay. All right, help us out, Pastor. He ties him to David, and he ties him to Abraham. Now, today, I won't deal with Abraham. Lord's will and I will deal with Abraham Wednesday night. We'll teach on Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham. <laughs> because w- those of you who know your Bible, and you know about Abraham, you know some interesting markers about his life, some interesting characteristics about his life, some interesting things that happen in his life that, man, ought to get you excited. That Jesus Christ will be called the son of Abraham. But if you know David, There are things about David's life. If you know David, that when he is called the son of David, ought to get you just as excited. David was known as many things in the Bible. He was known in one scripture as the sweet psalmist of Israel. The sweet psalmist of Israel. He was known as a giant killer. Remember, he slayed this giant Goliath. He he also slayed later on all of Goliath's brothers. Most folk don't even know that. He, he slay Yeah, he killed, he killed Goliath, but he didn't stop at Goliath. He went, went down to Goliath's house and got all his brothers too. I'm going to kill all y'all. Ain't going to be none of y'all come back on us no more. Got all of them. He's known to us as a mighty warrior. But I want to point out something that the scripture points out to us very clearly in this text. Can you read? Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the genealogy or the beginning or the genesis of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then it goes to verse 2 and says, Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Everybody say, by Tamar. So the Holy Ghost throws in this woman's name. And if you know that story, I don't intend to tell you to go in that story, but you're going to read that story. It's a very interesting story. And the Holy Ghost is telling us something right there that, that Jesus Christ's lineage, his bloodline was necessary necessarily clean. It was, had a few issues in his bloodline. You had some corruption in the bloodline. You had some, some uh, fornication, some slippery fish kind of stuff in the bloodline, but he still came through that same bloodline. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. you, in your own time, you have to go read about Judah and Tamar so it says Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ram Ram begot Amenadab Amenadab begot Nashon and Nashon begat Salmon Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab oh my God here it comes again another little place <laughs> if you know about Rahab Rahab was a prominent woman, but not for the right reasons. Well known among her tribe, well known among her peers, well known, well known in the community, but not for reasons that you like. You, you go back and you read about her in the book of Joshua, and they call her Rahab the harlot. She was a harlot. She was a harlot. There's another word I could use, but i it's Santa Claus says. Okay, so there's. That's, that's, this is Rahab. I'm just telling you, just, I want to I make sure everybody understands in common everyday vernacular what we're talking about here. So Rahab would be the least likely woman to bring Jesus through. But if you look yet through his bloodline, look back over his history, look back over his past, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a harlot named Rahab in his bloodline. Then Boaz begat Obed by Ruth. Now, notice, this, this interesting. The Bible doesn't mention Sarah. No. Doesn't mention Rebecca. No. But it, Abigail, but it doesn't mention him. But it does mention Tamar. It does mention Rahab. Then it mentions this lady here by the name of, of Ruth. Ruth. Well, well, Ruth was a good girl. Pastor, she knew. Yeah, she, she, she did wonders. I mean, God. Blessed, pure girl. She was. She was an upright upstanding young woman who when, when her sister-in-law left because both of their husbands had died, and and but yet she decided, no, I'm gonna stay with my mother-in-law and I'm gonna help take care of her. But mother-in-law knew that this girl needed her, a young, a young man. And, and and mother-in-law taught her how to put on a red dress and put on her high heels and some of that sweet perfume. And told her to go lay down, right? Am I, I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> Told her to go lay down right there by Bo on Boy's bed, and 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 taught talk, talk. Naomi taught her how to lay down at his feet. Now lay at his feet. Now at his feet. Lay at his feet. And 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 she knew how to. You know that sweet perfume was. You know, and 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 that they were so careful, so cautious as to make sure that, that before the sun rose, she was gone. Y'all missed that part. Before the sun rose, she was gone, so nobody knew she had been there that night. See, just tell the story like it is. And yet, she's in the bloodline of Jesus. Then it says, Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse, now this is what I want you to see, verse 6. And Jesse begot David the king. Oh, y'all got to catch that. The Holy Ghost is very intentional, very purposeful in identifying. It didn't say he begot David the giant killer. It didn't say he begot David the sweet psalmist. It didn't say he begot David the one who brought back the Ark of the Covenant. Didn't say he got David the one, you know, who, who took the census. It, the Bible identifies particularly David the king. Why does he identify David as the king? Because it's at that point that the whole bloodline shifted. Y'all, y'all got to catch this. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those, all those brothers the, that came through them, all those ones, Salmon and Boaz and so forth, they were all uh, wealthy men. Wealthy men. Wealthy men. But David, David was not born into wealth. You remember David? Come on now, y'all got to catch this. David was not born into wealth. David was, was uh, Jesse's youngest boy. David was born into a sheep herding family. And he was not wealthy. We know he wasn't wealthy but, uh, because, because when, when he went to go take the cheese uh, and the bread to his brothers out there on the battlefield when they, when they were about to fight Goliath the giant, the Bible says, he asked, what shall be done for the man who kills this giant? And he got so excited when, when he heard that, that your family will be made wealthy. He got so excited when he heard that your family will be uh, tax-free from now on. He's excited about that his family's not well. they don't have any money something had happened but God had an anointing and a calling on David's life there was an assignment on his future God had found a man remember God he had, had enough of Saul Saul was of, of the tribe of Benjamin right Saul from Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin, the Bible says. And God had enough of Saul because Saul couldn't, couldn't do right. Now, as, it, as it's supposed to happen, Saul had a son named Jonathan, who if one king is removed, his son is supposed to naturally become the next king. But God had a shift in mind because Jesus Christ was supposed to come uh, 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 28 generations later I'll try to I'll do 14 plus 14. Because he knew generations later that there will come a Jesus Christ and he was supposed to come through the tribe of Judah. So God had to shift and now put a Judite, a Jew, in the palace. So your Bible. When it's going through, Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and all that kind of stuff. Then verse 6, and Jesse begot David the king. So, God wants us to identify now David out of all the things you know about him. Out of all the things you've heard about him. Out of all his story, he only wants you to identify him now as the king. Why? Why? Because verse 1 says, Jesus Christ, the son of David. Because Jesus Christ is going to be born as king of Israel. <laughs> you got to catch this here. There was a promise God had made. I want you to turn over to Psalm 132 real quick. Psalm 132. I'm I'm trying to hurry up. Psalm 132, verse 10, because God had made a promise to David when David became king that David would always have a man to sit on the throne from his family, from his bloodline. Now, this is important because this is interesting, ladies and gentlemen, because remember, Saul was the king. And when Saul messed up, what naturally should have happened was that, uh, again, his son would become king. But Saul didn't have this covenant promise from God. So, but God said, David, this man he loved, he said, David, I love you. I'm going to make a covenant with you that you're going to always have a man to sit on a throne from your family. Now watch Psalm 132 verse 10. This is God's word. He says, for your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Verse 11. The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. I'm going to set on your throne the fruit of your body. Verse 12. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I shall teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne. How long? Forever. Forever. So he has an eternal covenant, an eternal promise from God that you would have a king, someone from your body to sit on the throne. Jesus Christ, the son of David. Now, I want you to look, look, go back to Matthew 1. Look back at Matthew 1, please. Verse 6. Y'all okay? Yes, sir. And Jesse begot David, the king. David the king begot Solomon. Verse 7. Solomon... I, I'm, I'm going to deal with verse 6 later. Because y'all, y'all, wait, we passed this by her. Oh, Okay, I'll tell you about by, by her. It says, by her, who had been the wife of Uriah. Now, now the, the problem with this, the thing about this, and I'll deal with it here in a minute, in a few minutes here, is that there was nothing wrong with Uriah. This, this was all on David. Uriah, I mean, uh, 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 Bathsheba wasn't a harlot. She wasn't some girl who just tipped around. This was all David. And and I'm, keep that in mind. I'm glad y'all saw because because the Holy Ghost put that in there too for us. Now, okay, I, I got to keep going. I got to show you something here. Verse 7. So, Remember, it's David the king, right? So verse 7, Solomon begot, uh, uh, let me go back to this. David begot Solomon. So Solomon is in line to be the next king. Does he become king? Yes, Yes, he does. All right? So then Solomon begot Rehoboam. He was a king. Rehoboam begot Abijah, king. And Abijah begot Asa, king. Now we know about Solomon, right? We hear about him, Solomon, the wisest king, wealthiest king. We know about him. We don't. We, we hear about Rehoboam and Abijah. Abijah begot Asa. 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 I mean, God was with him so so much that God gave Asa victory over a million-man army. This Ethiopian army came against him, a million strong, and the, the Bible says God gave him victory over that army. So these, these, this is what's happening in David's family. Okay. Now watch. Then it says Asa begot Jehoshaphat. We know Jehoshaphat, right? Oh, Jehoshaphat. You know this battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Right? 2 Chronicles 20. Josaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah, you no, know, Uzziah. First, uh, uh, Isaiah 6, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord also sitting high lifted up on the throne and so forth. All right? Verse 9, Uzziah begot Jotham. Okay, you don't have to, it's all right. Jotham begot Ahaz. Ahaz begot Hezekiah. We know about King Hezekiah. These are, just fam- you know, more prominent ones we know stick out. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon. And Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah was eight years old. He began to reign. We know about that. Okay? Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. Got it? Yes, sir. Verse 11 is very important. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers. About the time they were carried away to Babylon. So we see between verse 6 and verse 11, all these kings who ruled in the kingdom. Am I right? Now watch verse 12. And after they were brought to Babylon, it picks right back up. Jeconiah begot Shealtel, and Shealtel begot Zerubel. Zerubbabel begot Abiu. Abiu begot Eliakim. And Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok. Can I keep going? Yeah. Zadok begot Akim. And Akim begot Eliu. Eliab begot Eleazar. Eleazar begot Mathon. And Mathon begat Jacob. Okay. Now, remember now, these are David's descendants. David, who. The Bible calls him, in verse 6, David the king. And his descendants are supposed to sit on his throne forever. But what happened, when you hit verse 11, God has gotten so tired, or so fed up, I should say, I'd rather say, with the evil of the land, he's allowed them now to go into Babylonian captivity. Right? Right? So here's Jeconiah, the last one we leave off in verse 11. But then we get to verse 12, while they're still in captivity, Jeconiah begot Shiltiel. Now, Shiltiel, or we can even deal with Jeconiah, Jeconiah was a king until he went into captivity. And then his son is born in captivity. But he comes with the same blood as David. You got to catch this here. So here, here is Jeconiah, king on the inside, but slave on the outside. Here is Shiltiel, king on the inside, but slave on the outside. Here is Zerubbabel, he's all king. Y'all not catching what I'm saying to you. He's he's still in the same bloodline. He still has the same prophetic covenant promise on his life. But because they're in captivity, he can't live like a king. And I got to bring this to you because here is the body of Christ. We're in Jesus Christ. We're sons of David and sons of Abraham. We're sons of God because we're in Christ. And here we are, kings on the inside, but we are living like captives on the outside. Captives to sickness. Captives to disease. Captives to poverty. Captives to lack. Captives to depression. Captives to guilt. Captives to condemnation. Captives to sin. So we live in bondage when yet on the inside there's a royal blood surging through our veins and so here we are Jeconiah and Ziltel and Zerubbabel and all the other ones that these names that never sat on a throne but they're kings You got to catch this. They're as much king as Solomon. They're as much king as Asa. But they're kings with no kingdom. They're kings, royal nature. But all they have ever known from Shealtel on down is captivity. Born a king but living as a captive. King's blood, but living as a captive. I want you to see the body of Christ in this scripture. Royal blood. Kings. Living as captives. (laughs) Nobody really wants to deal with that. What are you captive to? What's your Babylonian captivity? What thing is ruling you that you're supposed to be ruling over? How do you see yourself? How do you rate yourself? Do you even understand who you are? Have you misplaced your identity? As I said to you earlier, one of the one of problems with slavery that it happened to us uh, coming over to America was that we lost our records. We lost, we lost our identity. We didn't know who we were. We didn't know what, what, what nation. We didn't know what tribe. We didn't know anything. We, we all got thrown into this one pot and, and all made the same. But we didn't, we didn't know any of that stuff. So, so everybody likes to say, oh, we're all from kings. No, we're not. But somebody is from a king. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who was over here slaving. On master's plantation, oh y'all don't like to hear this. Somebody who was working somebody else's cotton fields comes from a lineage of kings, and I contend today that here in the body of Christ, here we all are as descendants, the lineage, the bloodline. Of kings, of the king of kings, and yet we're working masses cotton fields, we're working masses plantation, and living like we ain't nobody when we are kings yeah. and priests unto our God. Yeah. Not because we're black, not because of our race, but because we are now a royal race. I can't trace my skin color to it. And it might be, I, I might be, I, I might be, not tell you the truth, shoot. I might be from Zamunda. Some of y'all want to be from Wakanda. I don't know where you're from, but all I know is if you follow God, where you're going. God's trying to give us a, 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 an identity so we know where we come from and we, now we know where we're going. Now we know what to expect in our future. And so you know the story, uh, many of you know the story, that when, when the children of Israel, uh, the Jews, they went into Babylonian captivity. The Bible says they'd only be there 70 years. Am I right about it? Yes, Jeremiah 29 verse 10. When 70 years be accomplished, God said, I'll visit you and perform my word to you. So here they are, 70 years. But when they come back from their Babylonian captivity after 70 years, there's still no kingdom. There's still no king. But God had already told David, there's going to be a man from your own loins who's going to reign as king. Are you with me on this here? So then Isaiah 9. Give me Isaiah 9, please. Verse 6. Isaiah 9, verse 6. A prophetic word from Isaiah. Oh, glory to God. (laughs) Shout out, my brasta. Verse 6. For unto us a child, capital C, is born. Unto us a son is given. Notice the word again is unto. Not to. Unto. To Mary. But unto us. The child came through Mary. He was unto us. And the government, watch this, watch this, watch what God's doing. He's reintroducing David's seed to the throne. He says, and the government, ladies and gentlemen, this is not just talking about one day in the future, after the rapture, after the the final judgment and so forth. This is talking about when Jesus Christ is born. He's saying he's establishing a new kingdom, a new government. The moment he pops up on this planet, watch, he says, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called. Come on, say it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Come on. Counselor. Come on. Come on. Prince Of of peace. Of the increase of his government, the Jeconiah and Shotiel and Zerubbabel were kings with no government. They they were kings on the inside with no authority on the outside. They were kings on the inside with no, no dominion on the outside. Oh, my God. And God is looking at today at the body of Christ and saying, here you are. You're kings on the inside and don't recognize any authority in the mean on the outside. And I want to show you who you really are. That's why I made sure in Matthew 1, 1, I called Jesus Christ the son of David. He didn't call him the son of Shiltiel. Y'all missed that. He didn't call him the son of Jeconiah. He didn't call him the son of Zerubbabel. He called him Jesus Christ, the son of David. The one who the kingdom was established under. And when he comes, he's going to come and reestablish the kingdom. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be what? No end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. Upon the throne of David. Upon the throne of David. Upon the throne of David. So Isaiah is prophetically announcing that when Jesus Christ would come and be born, he would be on the throne of David. Now wait a minute, that's interesting because after Jeconiah was taken over into captivity, there was no other person on the throne of David. Even after the 70 years were accomplished. Because what happens, the children of Israel, they come back, now you know they rebuild the temple they rebuild the walls, they reestablish the, 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 the kingdom, or, or, or should I say their religion, but they never got the kingdom reestablished. Huh? Are y'all with me? We know when Jesus Christ is born, when he comes into the earth, they are under Roman oppression. They're not captives like they were in Babylon, but the Romans are running the whole thing. So now, here they are. They're back in Jerusalem. Israel is reestablished, but there's no king, and they have no kingdom. So Isaiah prophesies that when he's born, he says, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, watch what he says about that throne and that kingdom, to order it, to put it back in order, and to establish it, or to reestablish it. Y'all got to catch this. Language. So Christ being born, reestablish the kingdom order. Reestablish David's heritage, David's lineage, David's uh, progeny, his descendants as kings now. Oh, God. Ah, this, this is this is good here to order and establish with judgment and justice from that time forward, from that time for y'all got to catch this from that time forward, from that time forward, from that time forth, from that time forward from th- from the time he came forward, I'll come on this side, from the time he comes forward even forever. So right now in 2018, what Jesus Christ came and established, what he came and ordered is going on still now from that time forward, even forevermore. Matter of fact, God's so excited about it, he says the zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to do it. His zeal will perform it. His excitement, his anticipation, his plan, his, 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 his divine will is going to make sure this happens. He he makes sure that you're going to be born into royalty. You're going to become a royal priesthood, a royal nation, a royal people. Oh, my God. Are y'all with us here? Oh, my God. So look, 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 look. Oh, I I know I don't have much time. But watch, watch. Go back to the New Testament. Go back to Matthew chapter 1. Somebody say David the king. David the king. Then shout out Christ Christ the king. Then shout out I'm a king. Tell your neighbor, I'm a king. I'm a king. Matter of fact, just give yourself a minute. Just think about it for a second. Muster it up. Muster it up. I want, I want you to muster this up. I want, I want you to really see yourself as a king. Don't go by your account. Don't go by your skin color. Don't, don't go by your hair, complex, your hair texture, your complexion. Go by what's on the inside of you. Don't, don't go by how much education you have. I want you to go by with the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And shout out to your neighbor, I'm a king. I'm a king. See, for where God's going to take us this coming year, you got to know this all right now because I, I I'm gonna say, say it the way I want to say it. I swore to God, I'm taking the brakes off this year. I ain't going back. I ain't gonna live like a pauper. I ain't gonna live like I don't have dominion. I won't live like I don't have an authority. I'm gonna walk in my dominion. I'm gonna walk in my authority and I know I can do it because I am a king. You think I had swagger before? Watch, watch how my swagger get trunk up. This upcoming. I guess about am to stand and show somebody your swagger. Watch how my swagger just start, start, start me bouncing. What? What? walk, walk. I ain't arrogant. I ain't pompous. There's like, no, there's a certain amount of pomp and circumstance that ought to be in my life because I'm not just any old body. I ain't a nobody. Trying to tell everybody I'm somebody? No, I am a king. And I live under the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If it were Wednesday, I'd really push you. And, tell you. and tell you, if it was Wednesday, I'd tell you, I'm a king, I'm a lord, and I'm a god. But I won't push you because it's, it's, it's not Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. I'm a king, I'm a lord, and I'm a god. Right. To me, you a god. Right. Psalm 82, he said, I called you gods. That's right. See, but here we are. If we don't know about our kingship, if we don't know about our lordship, if we don't know about our godhood, then, then what we do, we live like, like, like the whole world. We, we, we always live under the circumstances. How you doing? Well, under the circumstances. What are you doing under circumstances? Kings don't live under circumstances. Kings decree a thing. Kings decree a thing. And here you are still praying, Lord, can you help me say? That? No, you are king, decree it your own self. Kings The Bible says in, in, in Psalm by by wisdom rulers decree justice. You a ruler. You're a ruler. Stop letting stuff overrule you. Stop letting stuff outrule you. Stop Stop. stop, stop, stop letting stuff rule over you. Ain't, ain't this, listen, listen, listen to me, people. Get over this inferiority that's still plaguing you. I know Andrew preached about rejection, but the, um, a major thing that we got to deal with is inferiority. Well, who you think you are? I know I'm sorry, I ain't who I think I am, I, it's, it's who I know I am. You better catch that. The problem is you don't know who you are, and since you don't know who you are, then you don't know who I am. The problem is you're trying to regard me after the flesh. I don't regard myself after the flesh, and I don't regard you after the flesh. Tell your neighbor, you're somebody too, you're somebody. Too. You're a king. You're a king. You're a ruler. You're royalty. See, when you get that, it'll 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 change how you dress. You, 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 you can't sag. See, when you when you really understand who you are, you go from sagging to swagging. You're, You get a little uh, what you know what I'm talking about? Well, that that's 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 about arrogant. It ain't, it ain't arrogant. It ain't arrogant. You don't call Queen Elizabeth arrogant? Let me let me, let me tell you something. Can I, can I tell you, Can I tell you something? I'm gonna throw this in for all for all of the, the Meghan Markle fans in here. I was so I was so blessed when Meghan Markle you know became. You know, the duchess of whatever she's over, you know, she's great. That's great. I'm like, look, a sister in the palace. That's all right. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We got the White House. We got the palace. What are we going to have next? We already had the UN already. We, it, we. Now, but here's the problem. She, she went there with her Hollywood mindset. And so her Hollywood uh, American, American fame friends trying to tell her, girl, just be yourself. Just be yourself. You ain't got to conform. That's a lie. No, 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 baby, This you're you in a kingdom now. You can't, you can't just be yourself. <laughs> I, I understand you have your personality. I understand you have the ways that you, but when you're in a kingdom, tell your neighbor, you're in a kingdom. You're in a kingdom. You either gonna conform or you're gonna rebel. Not just mine. No, there's only two things. You either conform or you rebel. No, it's just how I am. You either conform or you rebel. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And every witch, you got to kill a witch. According to Bob, you got to kill a witch. So don't don't rebel. Go ahead and conform that there's a way that you live. There's There's a way you ought to drive in the kingdom. If you gotta duct tape it, I'd much rather you just 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 Uber. <laughs> Come on. Hey, pastor, pastor you stand duct tape there. with some Jesus bumper stick on there. Hey, Jesus, no, I know. Get that, get the get the, get the Jesus bumper stick off there. Come on. <laughs> well, pastor, you ain't always had. No, I ain't always had. But whatever I had, I made sure it was nice. I iron my clothes. And if they got spots and stains in them, I don't wear them out. That becomes yard cutting clothes. Wait, 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 Pastor, you mess with me. I'm trying to get you to understand you come from a royal lineage. And if you don't get this through your head now, 2019 is gonna pass you by because God is about to take the He is about to take the the roof right off this thing here, and you're gonna see so much stuff that's gonna, it'll make your head spin if you don't if you're not willing to conform. Okay, y'all ready? Okay, y'all still in Matthew, right? Alright, let me finish up. Verse 6, and David begot Jesse, Jesse begot David rather, the king, the king, okay? Now, so remember we just read in Isaiah 9 that Jesus Christ, when he's going to be born unto us, and he's going to order and establish this kingdom, sit on the throne of of David. Now, go to Matthew 2. You know Matthew 2. But look at what it says in Matthew 2, verse 1, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Watch verse two. Saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? Somebody had a revelation. Somebody had a word from the Lord that this was not some ordinary baby. Now, if we understand that Jesus Christ wasn't, wasn't um, the first person born in David's lineage after David, after Solomon. He wasn't the first one born after Jeconiah or Shilteel or Zerubel. But when he is born, there's, there's a divine announcement, a divine revelation about him Such that these wise men, these kings of the Orient, kings of the Orient, from the East, they're from the Orient, they ask, where is he who was born king of the Jews? They immediately recognize, this is king. Uh, Wouldn't it be true then? that every person prior to Jesus was born king of the Jews? Right. If you go back through that history, yes. wouldn't they all be born king of, king of the Jews? Yeah. They, they were all kings. The but the problem was they were born into captivity or they were born, born, born under oppression mm-hmm. and there was not this assignment, a prophetic assignment on their lives to reestablish and reorder right. the throne. But upon his life there's an assignment A prophetic word that he's going to reorder Reestablish this whole thing So they say where is he born king of the Jews For we have seen this star in the east And have come to worship him Now Remember I told you about David How he was born And he was born poor He didn't have anything So God For him Set up An encounter with a giant. Y'all didn't catch what I said. God for David set up an encounter. For David. An encounter that would usher David out of poverty into wealth. I gotta catch that. So the so the giant was, was although he was an enemy It was a setup for David yeah. Some of y'all gotta catch that I'll preach that just for 30 seconds right here That means you gotta start seeing things in your life When things come up in your life to oppose you Stop running from them and run to them because what you don't realize, that thing you're running from is a setup God made in your life to promote you into your next phase, to promote you into your increase, to promote you in, into your assignment, to, to promote you from poverty to wealth. That very thing you're running from right now might be the very thing God set up. He put the giant there for you. Oh, y'all better. T- help me out. Tell, tell your was a neighbor. Stop running from your giant. That's your giant. Can I, can I say this? Ten more seconds. Everybody needs a giant. Everybody needs at least one giant that God will use to propel you into your destiny. Everybody needs at least one giant. Some of y'all crying and pining about the giant. No, God needs you to have this one giant Because up until that time, you remain in obscurity. But tell your neighbor you need a giant. Tell your neighbor you need a giant. You better encourage them because your neighbor right now might be facing their giant right now. Now watch. Now watch. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I got a fish here in a minute. So watch. So for David, the king, God puts a giant there. Now that giant is used to promote David. That giant is used to uh, accelerate David's uh, move into his destiny. It brings him out of obscurity. It brings him off, off, the, off the, um, the shepherd's fields onto battlefields. And into the palace, but David has to slay the giant. He had to slay it. He he had had to fight the giant. There's there's a uh, watch this. David had to work. There's some work David had to do. David had, had to get involved. Now, he heard from God. He was led by the Spirit on, you know, go, go down, get, you know, get a rock and, you know, your slingshot and so forth. He was led and he was inspired. He had a covenant word, but he, he, had, to get, he had to get his hands dirty. He had, to, he had to be involved for him to go from poverty to wealth, for him to go from a nobody to being somebody. But Jesus, when he comes, he comes full of grace and truth. he comes to usher in a new dispensation. So when he is going to become king, when he's going to go from poverty to wealth, God orchestrated for kings just to come to him. Y'all missing that. God didn't, God didn't set up a giant for Jesus to go from poverty to wealth. <laughs> yeah, God's zeal just, God said, I'm going to do this. Y'all got to catch this. I preached several weeks ago a sweatless anointing. It's hot again today. So watch, Jesus Christ comes on the scene And all he does is be born. I was going to say again. (laughs) Because he's our model. That for us, when you and I are born again, we step into this same grace that now these kings come and they say, where is he? Y'all missing that. I declare right now that God has kings looking for you. God has orchestrated your life You're born again, child of God, and you're born king of the Jews. You're born a king, one of the kings that he's king over. I declare right now over your life that God has men and women. He has dromedaries. He has camels. He has those coming, like Isaiah 67, that are coming, and they are looking for you to bring you the wealth of the Gentiles, to bring you the wealth of the Gentiles, to bring it into your hand so you can do what God has called you to do in this life. Receive that right now. Because when they found, they said, We've seen his star. Verse 11, verse 11 says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, God will have people open their treasures. You're trying to figure out how to, how to, how to finance your business. You ain't going to have to get a loan. God's going to have folk open their treasures. You, ain't gonna, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even need to, need to try to figure out how to do this stuff. God will have people looking for you. You just got to be born. And can I, can, I, can I correct all the greeting cards? The Bible never said there was three of them. We sing about three wise men. Baba never said anything about three wise men. They didn't travel like that. You wouldn't travel just three deep over all this land from the east all the way. You wouldn't travel like that. They travel in major packs. They travel in major passes. They were, these were major groups. So what? was no, just three wise men. It might have been 500 of these guys showed up. They say three because, because, because they said it was three, three gifts. No, it didn't, it didn't say there were three gifts. Oh. It just said they presented gifts to him. Gifts. Gold. How much gold? I don't know how much gold it was. It might have been 10 tons ago. I don't know. How much frankincense? I don't know how much frankincense is. I don't know how much it was. But I know it was enough that Joseph and Mary could pack up the baby, leave, and become migrants. Refugees down in Egypt and not have to work. The Bible didn't say Joseph went down there, a refugee, a migrant, and was working somebody migrant farm picking tomatoes. It didn't say Joseph went down to Egypt and was a migrant down there working on cutting somebody grass for free. It didn't say that. No, Joseph, been, they, they went down there and they hid. They hid. They hid in Egypt. Which meant that God loaded them up with so much money, nobody had to work. Why? Because that's how you bless a king. That's how you bless a king. So stop going around and saying, Lord, ain't the way you bless me. No, let God bless you like a king supposed to be blessed. Did you hear what I said? Let God bless you like a king supposed to be blessed. Matter of fact, kings know how to bless kings. When the queen of Sheba showed up to King Solomon's house, she didn't bring no, no bag of no sandwiches. When the queen of Sheba showed up to King Solomon's house, the Bible says she came traveling with a great retinue. She had a whole caravan loaded down to bless this man because kings know how to bless kings. So stop telling God, well, God, anyway, you bless me, you know, that's a little bit of this. No, let the king of kings bless you the way kings know how to bless kings. And when the king of kings blesses his kings, he gonna bless your socks off. He might bless you so much you ain't gotta work. Y'all ain't even say nothing, y'all like. I said, he might, somebody better grab this, he might bless you so much, you ain't got to work for nobody no more ever again. I said, he might bless you so much, you ain't got to work for nobody ever again, anybody ever again. The problem is some of y'all you can't rejoice because all you see yourself is working. Because all you see is I'm doing this working. Well, well, but, but 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 Joseph became a carpenter. The Bible said he was a carpenter. Jesus Christ was a carpenter's son. Yeah, but Joseph Joseph left. I don't know if Joseph died. I don't know if Joseph just divorced his wife. I don't know what happened to Joseph. But you never heard about Jesus Christ working ever again. Joseph left. He was a Bible never, people gone. Jesus Christ was a carpenter. Bible never said Jesus Christ was a carpenter. It said he was a carpenter's son. May you receive your king's inheritance. May you receive your royal, your royal inheritance. May you receive everything that's been held up for you from you down through the ages. Everything that's been owed to you from generations past. May you receive it all in this coming year. If you believe that, shout amen. Oh man, I receive, I receive. Now, now watch this. Jesus, Jesus, he's king. The Bible calls him son of David throughout his ministry. He's known as Jesus, son of David. Matthew 9, he's two blind men come by him. And they say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Matthew 20, two more blind men show up. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on us. All through the book of Matthew, they call him Jesus, son of David. He's a king. And then the Bible says what happens, they get down there to something called the triumphal entry. You know about the triumphal entry? We celebrate it every Palm Sunday. And when the triumphal entry comes, now he's been, as a king, he's been walking, you know, walking about, you know, going about, because he's got his whole, you know, his boys with him. But he's now going to be crowned as king by the people. So he said, when I get crowned as king, I can't, I can't I can't walk in the town because kings don't walk in the town. No, oh, man, come on. Come on. He said, so go down to the by your paler hair lot and see if you can find me one of them old used, beat up, broke down mules down there they got down there. Find that one that got one eye is mangy, looking mutt kind of a dog. I'll ride the town. No, he said, go into town and find me that new donkey, that new coat that ain't nobody ever put his stinking behind on. on, on. Uh, uh, Untie him. And if anybody asks you what you're doing, tell them the master has need of him. And he gets on that brand new, new donkey smell. I thank God for used cars, but I believe we got some new donkeys coming. Donkeys that are gonna match your royal status. So got on his new donkey, Elder Baker. And begin riding into town. The people begin to take the palm branches. That's how you honor kings. And they begin to wave the palm branches. They begin to throw their coats down in front of him so that, so that his brand new tires never even touch the ground. You know how it is, you get brand, new. your tires, they you shine them up, you go to the car wash, they they shine, they put that, that what's that stuff y'all put on the Tyrone? That, that armor now they don't use armor, roll. it's some stuff better than that, Tyrone, ain't it? They, that that stuff it make them shine it, boy. You can see yourself in it. Woo! And I, I, I know y'all been there, cause y'all do that. Y'all won't park back like here in the dirt. Y'all gotta park, right? Y'all park on the street. Nobody, y'all ain't parking like in the dirt. Got my new tires. Shining. So they lay down these coats for Jesus. So the donkey doesn't even touch the ground. And they began to cry, Hosanna! Hosanna! In the highest, Hosanna! Hail King of the the Jews! Hail! They they were calling him Hail King. Hail our King. And the church folk got mad. The Pharisees. They said, Jesus, you don't hear them? He said, you don't hear them calling you king. He said, they said, tell them to stop. And Jesus said, I can't. He said, if I, if I, if, if they should hold their peace. Because they're calling me who I am. See, the Pharisees wanted him to deny his royalty. They were called, they, 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 they couldn't take it. People calling him a king. Some of your family ain't going to be able to take it. Jesus. Some of your coworkers, they ain't going to be able to take it. You walk around talking about you a king. Some of those folks, they know you work the same job I work. How you a king? You can't come from the same ghetto I come from. How you a king? And they ain't going to be able to take it when you go around talking about "I'm I'm a king. But if you hold your peace. This rock is still crying out. You are a king. And the more you look into this, the more you are transformed into that same royal image from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So he said, I can't deny my kingship. He said, if I, if I, if I, Tell them to stop the rocks to cry out because somebody's gonna call me king because that's who I am. I want you to understand, somebody's gonna call you king. God's gonna raise up, and that's what he's done this morning. He's raised up somebody to call you a king. Other, other folk have called you bastard, but I call you a king. Other folk have called you no good, broke down, and you a sorry sack of potatoes, but I call you a king. Other folk have called you nigger, but I call you a king. You ain't no nobody, you ain't no nigger, you a king. You a blood-bought, blood-washed child of God, you ain't worse than nobody, you ain't inferior to nobody, you are a king. And I declare to you today to break out of the captivity of your own mind. And walk in your royalty. Walk in your divine nature. Give me Revelation 1. I'm I'm going to quit right here. I'm going to quit right here. I'm out of time. I I can give you plenty more scriptures, but let's let's look at Revelation 1, verse 4. Revelation 1, verse 4, verse... John, to the seven, seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are who are before his throne. Verse five. And from Jesus Christ. this is important. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, verse 6 and has made us so the king made us kings and priests to him to his God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever give me verse 6, give me amplified on that that same verse, verse 6 amplified, amplified, glory to God and formed us into a kingdom, a royal race. Say I'm part of a royal race. A royal race. I know we're part of the, of the African race and so I understand that I'm, and don't deny that. I don't deny that. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be black if you, if you allow that. But I'm delighted. Well please. To be part of the royal race. The CEV, please. Stand to your feet. Listen, kings. He lets us rule as kings and serve God as father as priests. It didn't say he lets us rule like kings. As kings. That means you are. He lets us rule as kings and serve God his father as priests. You are a king. You are a king. Not one day you're going to be a king. You are a king. You are a king. Now, let me just tell you this one last thing while you're standing. Put Matthew 1, 6 back on the screen, please. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to see this. Matthew 1, 6. And Jesse begot David the king. Got it? Yes. Everybody said David, David the king. Then it said it again, David, the king, David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. That's the part y'all like looking at. So it's interesting that the Holy Ghost... Also points out David's major hiccup. David the king begot Solomon by her. That's Bathsheba, who had been. It is say by her who was you Uriah's right or well it is it's her who had been? So he's pointing out two sins right here. One, adultery to murder. This is all in Jesus' bloodline. There's murderers in your bloodline. It's adulterers in your bloodline. Cheaters and alcoholics in your bloodline. Come on, you know it. And what people will say is, because of your bloodline, you have a proclivity, a propensity, a predisposition to become that. But Jesus never identified with Adam's sin. He only identified, not Adam, with David's sin. He only identified with David's royalty. Now, why is that important? Because for you and for me, we find it easy to identify with sin. I'm come over here because I know I'm talking about. We find it very easy to identify with sin. Because we are born with, and if we if we don't get a new creation reality, we live even as Christians with a sin consciousness that we are more conscious and more aware of sin than we are righteousness. Right. Right. And the issue is you cannot operate in your royalty without an awareness of your righteousness. Jesus called also, he's called Jesus Christ the righteous. So he had a, a greater awareness of righteousness than this thing and don't, don't get it wrong the Bible says he was tempted doesn't your Bible say that Jesus Christ was tempted in all points like as we are in every way he was tempted but his royal identity outweighed that sins offer I hear hear a theologian. Well, you understand, uh, Pastor, Jesus Christ, he wasn't really Joseph's son, so he didn't have that sin nature. Well, why was he tempted? You're so deep, you're stupid. How was he tempted? The Bible clearly said he was tempted in all points. So that meant that he still had an ability to sin. But his royal identity was stronger than, than the pull of that sin. And when your royal identity becomes strong, it'll, it'll overrule the pull of those... Lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets you. Besets you, yeah, it keeps you from running this race with patience, it keeps you from, from living out your royal nature. The reason why people can get down into sin and to stay there is because they don't have a revelation of their royalty. Did your Bible not call David, I believe it's Acts chapter 7, a man after God's own heart? Did it call him that? And yet, here it is. The Holy Ghost pointed out his sin. Why was he after God's own heart? Because, watch this, Go, go back go, Thank you, that's good that's, But let's go back to, to, to Matthew 6 Matthew 1, 6 Matthew 1, 6 David begot David I'm sorry, Jesse begot David the king David the king begot Solomon By her, her who had been your, uh, the wife of Uriah Y'all remember that story? Yes. So David and Bathsheba had Solomon How many of y'all know that Solomon was not their first child? They had another child That child died. So that child died. David got up from his fasting, from his weeping, said, All right, let me go and eat. And he went went to that Bathsheba Bible says he comforted her, and that's how they end up getting pregnant with Solomon. Between that time though, God sent Nathan the prophet to tell David, Hey, David, hey man, you blew it. Do you realize what you did? And David didn't say, Oh man, leave me alone, man. Oh, get out of here. No, David said, oh my God, I messed up. He immediately went into repentance. He immediately said, God, I've sinned against you. That's what we get. Psalm 51 is all about that. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. He, he, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me, I shall be clean. He, he, he says all that Between the time of the first incident and here. So when the Holy Ghost is acknowledging this, what he's really acknowledging is David's repentance and restoration. Because if you read about, oh my God, thank you Holy Ghost, I'm going to quit. When you go back and read the story about Solomon being born, that first baby died. David said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to eat now. And he said, because that baby died, he said, I, can, I will go to him, but he cannot come to me. So David said, when I die, I'll see him again. Oh. So he went to Bathsheba, and they, you know, now they're married. They do what married folk do. And now here comes Solomon. He's born and your Bible says, and the Lord loved Solomon. Did y'all, did y'all catch that? This is after all David's mess. After all David's mess, the Bible says, and the Lord loved Solomon. The Lord's like, oh, all's forgiving." Why? Because David didn't rebel and get stupid when he found out he was in sin. He repented quickly. And that's what made David a man after God's own heart. Because when he fell into sin, he repented. So God's not mad at you because you're not perfect. What he gets disappointed about is that when he brings it to our attention, we don't do anything about it. And what happens when we do that, that king's identity just diminishes slow and more and more. Before you know it, we're out there doing stuff we never thought we'd do. But we've been restored. We've been restored to righteousness. We're kings. I want you to grab hands with a king next to you. Squeeze that hand, hold that hand as if you, they were a king. Understand you're holding somebody who's royalty. 2 Corinthians 5 16 says, We don't regard anyone after the flesh. We don't regard anymore anyone anymore after the flesh. So listen to me. Kings, you're standing next to, you're holding the hand of a king, of royalty. Now, you know you are, but I want you to know that they are. So if you're standing next to your sibling, That's royalty. If you're standing next to your spouse, that's royalty. If you're standing next to your friend, that's royalty. So that determines how you treat them. The honor that we give each other. If you invite me to your house, you better recognize the king's coming to your house. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You gonna give me a ride in your car? You better recognize the king's about to get in your car. When you come and sit down in church, recognize the king is about to sit next to you. See, if we get that, man, it'll change how we honor each other. We better start treating each other like kings, because we get enough enough of that other foolish treatment out there in the world. I'm just I just had enough of all the stupidity and disrespect and racism and dishonor and and not just races, but even among our own people. Just 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 dishonor. I want every young man here to know who they are. I want you to know who you are. Every young lady, you go to high school, go back to school in a couple weeks, go back as a king, man. Know who you are. Thank you, Lord. Now let's pray. Father, I believe I've shared with your people that which you've given me. I think I believe I've given the revelation of our royalty. But I know that, Father, it takes every believer to take this word and allow it to uh, spring into their own hearts. And I pray, Father, that today, that as they've heard the word, that light has shined upon them, that the angels of your word has uh, given light into their hearts, oh God. And I pray that each person today, Lord, would begin to eradicate any images, any thoughts of themselves that's anything less than royalty. That God, we recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. That we would get an in Christ image about our whole lives. That we will not be like Jeconiah and Shotiel and Zerubbabel and those others who were kings but living as captives. But that God will be kings living like kings on this earth. Your word says in Romans 5.17 that Lord, if we receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, your word says we shall reign in life as kings in Christ Jesus. So I pray, Father, that Lord, your people, Lord, who we know we're in Christ, that we begin to live and act and reign as kings. Not just like kings, but as kings. That that royalty begins to emanate out of us. It'll show up in our conduct. It'll show up in our speech. It'll show up in our dress. It'll show up in how we live. It'll show up in how we drive. It'll show up in everything around us. That that, that, that royal image will begin to change everything in our atmosphere. and That God will then know how to live in our domain and our authority, not only for ourselves, but for everything around us. That as kings, will decree justice as kings and rulers will speak into our city and into our land. You said, Lord, in your word that we shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto us. You said, Father, that, Lord, the kind of, this kind of authority belongs to us so much so that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We receive that kind of authority and walk in it. Now I pray that as we get ready to end this year and begin a brand new year of abundant manifestation, that God, this revelation of our royalty, would enable us to accept and receive all you have in store, all you have, in, have planned for us. I pray and decree blessings and favor and increase on our lives. I pray now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you believe that and receive it, give God a great praise today. For